0: Welcome to the Mechanical PE Exam Prep Podcast, the podcast where I give mechanical engineers like you the tools and motivation to get your professional engineering license and take your career to the next level. In today's episode, we're gonna be talking about three tips for retaking the PE exam. So if you're someone who has taken the PE exam in the past and failed, and you remain committed to getting your professional engineering license, but you're not sure what adjustments you need to make in order to pass the exam, this is the episode for you. And even if you've failed multiple times, these are suggestions that I've compiled from working with hundreds of candidates that are in the same situation that have failed one or more times, even some that have failed four or five times and not passed until their sixth try. So this is some of the key ideas that I've distilled from working with candidates in that situation over the last several years. So the first tip is to recalibrate your expectations. And what do I mean by this? Well, one of the most common questions that candidates ask themselves, ask me, or ask anyone on Reddit, and this is not just folks that have failed the exam, this is even folks that are taking the exam for the first time, everybody wants to know, how hard is the mechanical PE exam? And the answer depends on a variety of factors such as what you studied in school, how long since you were a student, how accustomed you are to thinking critically for hours at a time, what you work on day to day, your ability to make time to study, your willingness to establish consistent study rituals, your access to trusted study resources, and the presence or absence of accountability structures In your life the way things are set up so in short from this list what we can say is that how hard the exam actually is turns out to be a function of the candidates capabilities in relation to the exam not an objective statement about the exam itself so it's impossible to talk about how difficult the exam is or isn't without talking about all of these factors which are really a statement about that candidate personally and since when folks ask this question, they rarely supply all those details. None of the answers that are offered by me or anyone can really provide much insight because we have to dig deeper. So then the question becomes, how do candidates actually assess the difficulty level if they're not looking at the question in this more structured and deeper way? How do you actually decide how hard you need to work to get ready for the PE exam? And from what I can tell, this is how people are coming about their determinations of how hard the PE exam actually is. Some are basing their effort level on their recollection of the FE exam. And this usually doesn't turn out well because the FE exam is broader and not as deep. So what'll happen is these candidates will have superficial learning because they're expecting to just kind of hit the tops of the waves, learn a lot of things on a shallow level, and um, they're envisioning being able to solve problems in just a few minutes each, so they tend to not go deep enough. Some will base their assessments on what a colleague tells them. Maybe this colleague passed and they're able to share anecdotally some about their experience on the PE exam. But the problem with this approach is that people tend to describe their experience with hindsight bias. So they make it sound easier than it actually was because they already know what the result was. And it makes them look good because it sounds like it was easy for them. So these anecdotes often can't be trusted. And some folks will look at the published pass rates, which NCS puts out, and those pass rates are around 70%. They vary a little bit from year to year. But once you kind of look at that, you might convince yourself, hey, I can't possibly be in the bottom third of applicants, so therefore I'll be fine. And the last thing that uh, repeat takers will do is they'll get their diagnostic report. So if you fail the P exam, NCES furnishes you with a PDF showing whether you are above or below the average candidate that passed the exam for each major topic area. And candidates seem to want to put these reports under a microscope and extract some deep insights about their personal strengths and weaknesses that they would hope to go back and kind of retool and figure out how to make adjustments for the next try. But I'll let you in on a little secret. When I review diagnostic reports, what I do is I roll my computer chair back away from the screen until the text is no longer legible. And I roughly gauge the size of the colored areas. If the gray and the white are about equal, right, gray means you're over, you've gotten more correct, white means less. If they're about equal, when I'm, when I'm sitting that far away, then I tell candidates that they were very close to passing. And all they need to do is revisit some hard problems, go a little deeper, spend a few more weeks, reschedule, try again, and just make sure to work really carefully and manage your time. If you get enough little things right, it'll tip the scales in your favor, and you'll pass. But unfortunately, a lot of the times when folks send me diagnostic reports, they're not showing more gray than white. It's just the opposite. We have the all too common gross shortfall across most or all topics. And at that point, there's no use in drilling down into individual topics, right? We, We have to notice at that point that a major recalibration of expectations is what's needed. And this is a tough moment for folks sometimes because the candidate expected the exam to be much easier than it actually was or maybe they just honestly weren't sure what to expect so they just took a chance to see what would happen now to be fair there's nothing actually wrong with this approach right i think there are definitely folks out there that only want to do it once and want to make sure that they leave no stone unturned. I would put myself in that camp, but not everyone's that way, and that's okay. Some engineers are extremely pressed for time due to external commitments, and they're more concerned with the risk of overstudying and than being underprepared, right? You could spend three to 500 hours like I did, and it's not really necessary to pass the exam. So, you know, if that would take time away from other things that are important to you, doing that may be a mistake. And some of these candidates that are not um, looking at it in such a severe manner, they're able to take the news in stride, right? If they took a chance to see what would happen and weren't too clear on how hard the exam would be, then it's not super painful when the result comes back, and now they have a clearer picture of the task at hand and they're able to set about putting themselves in a better position for next time. Other examinees have a harder time taking the news, and that's because They honestly thought they were doing well when they were studying and during the exam. The exam almost always has answer choices available for common but incorrect solution paths. So it's easy to get lulled into a false sense of confidence when your preparation is superficial. And no one enjoys the feeling of disappointment and having to ramp up and start studying again, much less admitting to colleagues and family that they failed. So ultimately there's this humbling process that repeat takers have to go through in order to eventually be successful. And it's a process of recalibrating their expectations to be as aligned as possible with the actual exam in relation to their abilities and how they have to grow and change to get ready for the next attempt. So this is less about technical skills sometimes and more about personal growth. So it's a sticky subject, and it's something that folks generally don't want to talk about. They want to talk about, you know, why am I good at fluids and not at (laughs) psychrometrics? You know, why am I doing um, this topic well and this topic not so well? But it's kind of something we have to dig deeper for before we can recalibrate and figure out what's going to be different the next time around. Any attempt at this stage in the process to externalize and explain the result away, I failed because of some external reason, or the exam is like this, or NCS is like that, they want to trick you. All of this stuff that's outside of your control, it only leads to repeated failures because nothing new is going to happen during your study process if the reasons for not getting over the line are external. We have to actually take the result on board and do something differently the next time. And that's what this episode is all about. is getting you to realize that there's something different that has to happen for the next attempt to be different. The second tip is a little bit counterintuitive. I actually want you to find enjoyment in the study process as you go deeper than you have in the past. So after we've gone through this recalibration and hit the reset button, repeat takers are ready to take it on board that they need to go much deeper um, and show up ready to do the work. That's great. Now the challenge becomes about cultivating patience and endurance because studying is genuinely hard when it's done in the right way. But, and this is a super important caveat, it shouldn't be torturously hard. It shouldn't be filled with constant despair and seemingly impossible questions. You shouldn't feel like every time you go to study that you're just wasting your time and getting nowhere, banging your head against the table. That's not the point. There'll be moments of minor frustration and disappointment and confusion along the way. That's to be expected. But these moments should be relatively brief as you're pushing into the boundaries of your knowledge and skills and expanding your abilities incrementally. So. Encountering sticking points as you're studying is inevitable. And your ability to push through those is a positive signal that you're doing the right work in the right way. And we know this because if you already knew everything there was to know about mechanical engineering, there'd be nothing to learn in the study session. There would be no point in studying. We would just show up and take the exam. And on the other side of the spectrum, if the material was so impenetrable that you couldn't break through any of it, then That would leave anyone stuck and deflated and not very many people would pass. So there's a sweet spot between these two extremes where the problems are challenging, but doable. Sometimes with a bit of external assistance and trying a few dead ends first, spending a bit of time, overcoming a bit of frustration, yes, but the problems are doable. This is the way, this is the makings of real learning. This is the kind of learning that will stay with you for the rest of your career and life well beyond exam day. This is the kind of learning that is worthwhile if you want to become a professional engineer. So you don't have to worry about, oh, I'm gonna forget this between now and my exam. No, if we're doing it deeply, you're never gonna forget it. So you don't have to worry about that when you're studying in the right way. And when you find this flow where you're generating new questions and then discovering answers, right? You're closing the gaps, you're continuing forward. The process of studying can become deeply satisfying without the challenges and uncertainty along the way without hitting these sticking points doing practice problems would basically be like basic algebra and the exam would be a cakewalk and the pass rate would be nearly a hundred percent and getting your pe license would mean nothing and this isn't really what we want deep down we want to be challenged we want the opportunity to enrich ourselves professionally and We want to stand out from the crowd because we set out on a mission to do something that was hard but worthwhile. So the takeaway here is when the going gets rough, be gentle on yourself. As much as the last part of the process, this recalibration stage where we have to kind of raise the bar and go much deeper, when it actually comes down to the day-to-day work of studying, we actually have to be a little bit gentler and take breaks when you need them. Take care of yourself along the way. Make sure you're doing all the little things. And find satisfaction each time you study. We're looking for that little spark of joy when you're able to figure out something that was tricky before and and add something new. And when it's fun, it goes a lot better. That little voice in your head that's telling you to constantly push harder, work longer, and you know it shouldn't take you so long to get something, you should have gotten that concept already, that voice is not helpful. So taming that mentality, that harshness that comes from internal, sometimes we can be our own harshest critic, taming that is gonna make it easier and more pleasant to show up day after day after day as your exam date approaches. And having a consistent study ritual is essential to your success, but whipping yourself every day to go do something that's not enjoyable is an uphill battle, and it doesn't have to be like that. So find a way to make it a little bit more enjoyable as you go deeper. And the third tip is to use a study program you trust. Candidates who fail the PE exam, either on the first try or on subsequent attempts, often did not invest in a study program because of the calibration issue that we previously discussed. And it's understandable why. The logic is, if the exam is easy, why should I bother with a program? I don't need a program. I'll just figure it out as I go along. But this reasoning overlooks several factors. First of all, when you study without a structured plan, you end up spending a substantial portion of your quote-unquote study time not actually studying because you're trying to figure out what topics are worth your time. So what a trusted program is doing is it's giving you an opportunity to outsource all of that effort that would be directed toward figuring out what's in scope. So all you have to do is show up ready to work. I can't tell you how many times I speak to candidates and the first thing they tell me is, well, I'm doing this and I'm doing that, but I'm not sure if I should be using more of this. And they're spending so much time debating what to do that they're actually not, getting deep into anything that they're doing because they're not sure it's the right thing. So the beauty of a program, if it's a good one, is that you can just start at the beginning like a conveyor belt and go from beginning to end, and by the time you get off at the end, you should be ready. So if the program has a proven track record, and if it doesn't, then find one that does, you can truly buy into the process. And you know the opposite of this, when you doubt the process, what ends up happening, and I've had candidates come through my program without fully buying in, and this can happen, it's rare, but they may cherry pick topics based on what you like or dislike, or what you heard will or will not be on the exam. For some reason, people think certain things need to be emphasized and not others. So there's not that trust of saying like, okay, if it's in the program, I gotta know it. If it, if it was important and it's not in here, then it must must not be critical. So believe in the process. When you go all in with the right program and you believe it's going to work, then you end up doing everything that's in there as it's laid out, knowing that you'll ultimately achieve the desired result. And success becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. If you believe it's going to work, then it works. If you believe it's not going to work, then it doesn't work because you didn't do it the way it was laid out. Good programs also include not just technical guidance, but also personalized support. So if you're stuck for longer than you should be, you can get moving again and avoid wasting time. Again, efficiency. So we're delegating all of the figuring out what to do. That's a huge time save. That could be 30 to 50% of your study hours gone because you don't have to figure out what to do. And when you get stuck, instead of swirling in that for many, many hours, you can get the support you need to get unstuck and keep moving. So getting a lot of time back. And not just time, but uncertainty. And, uh, you know, just confidence to keep moving. In terms of accountability, in addition to friends, family, colleagues, a quality program may offer additional accountability in the form of a guide who understands exactly what you're up against and is aligned with your objective. If a program is truly able to produce the result it promises, then the returns will outweigh the investment many times over easily within a year of getting your P.E., and A good program may also include a guarantee that you'll pass so that there's no financial risk for you. That's something we added at Mechanical PE Exam Prep recently because the program has such a high pass rate that why wouldn't I want to put my skin in the game with you? If you're willing to do all the work, I want you to have the confidence to know there's no financial risk. It's just a matter of do you have the level of commitment to go through a trusted process that's gonna get you where you wanna go. And if you do, I have every bit of confidence that it'll take you there. And lastly, the act of investing in yourself often helps with the motivation that's needed to get you to establish and maintain a consistent study routine, which as we know is essential to getting fully prepared. So in conclusion, PE candidates that have come up short on the PE exam and want to make the necessary adjustments to pass on the next try should do three things. Recalibrate expectations, look for enjoyment in your studying as you go deeper, and find a trusted study program to help you on your journey. Hope you enjoyed this episode, and if you are a repeat exam taker, feel free to reach out. I would love to hear your story and offer any guidance I can to help you pass the PE exam once and for all and get your license. Thanks for listening to the Mechanical PE Exam Prep Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider leaving a review to help other engineers find the podcast. And if you're looking for a program that will help you pass the PE exam, check out the full access bundle available at mechanicalpeexamprep.com and feel free to reach out with any questions. I would be honored to be your guide on the journey to becoming a professional engineer.